Hello and welcome to The Retirement Gym. This is the podcast series that aims to help you make good retirement decisions in the lead up to retirement and how to help you spend your money in retirement. My name is Roy Thompson. I head up MHA Carpenter Box Financial Advisors. Uh, and today on the podcast, I've got with me Jill Lyons. Jill actually works with me in Carpenter Box Financial Advisors. And we're going to be talking about uh, women in finance and specifically uh, how women can sometimes undersave for retirement uh, and some of the issues that uh, that may face women as they save uh, for their own pension or retirement planning. So, so hello, Jill. Thank you for thank you for coming on the podcast again. And so, so as I said in my introduction, there really just sort of focusing in this podcast around women and and, and women in finance, and I guess linking that to, to retirement. There's quite a lot of studies that suggest uh, women are adversely affected when it comes to pensions. So. Um, uh, some research I looked at from Unison suggested only 52% of women are adequately adequately saving for retirement compared to 60% of men. Uh, female pensioners have on average a net week income that is approximately 85% of their male counterparts. Uh, uh, and yet women actually account for approximately 61% of pensioners. So uh, who are above state pension age. So I, I guess what we see there is that uh, the, 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 there is more women in retirement than there is men, uh, and on average they may be slightly worse off. So I, I don't know um, if you've got any particular thoughts on that, some experiences that you've seen that you, you might like to share. Yeah, I think the the reasons for um, that disparity are, you know, for want of a better word, socioeconomic. So women... Um, generalising here, but women, generally speaking, are, are taking over um, looking after children when they're young and perhaps are working part time, which affects their earnings and therefore what they're able to contribute to a pension. Um, sometimes in you know later life, um, women might be taking on the role of, of looking after elderly parents, which again affects their, their earnings powers. And the, the effect of part-time working or having a career break um, can have a huge impact on retirement. And then when you combine that with the fact that, that women um, are living longer than men, um, this has a, a whole knock-on effect. So, yeah, we do. I do see quite a few clients who who are coming up to retirement and perhaps have taken their eye off the ball of their pensions, and and you know, it's suddenly come to a realization that you know perhaps they should have been better prepared. And I don't know what you think, Roy. Is that common with you? Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, if you start to think about things like the state pension. Uh, of course, the modern state pension, we don't inherit our, our partner's insurance, national insurance records. So, um, you know, you're very much on your own if, if your partner predeceases you, um, you know, you're relying upon the provision that you've made for yourself and indeed the provision that um, your partner may have made by way of a personal pension or an occupational pension through work. So, yeah, I do, I, I do think um, you know, when you deal with couples, you quite often deal with one or the other. Uh, and on average, uh, it, you know, it does sound like a sex statement, but in practical experience, it's true. Um, you know, more often than not, that's the male counterpart. And, um, you know, that the female may not be as involved in the day-to-day finances of, of a couple. So that's, that's definitely yeah. true in my working experience. 
Agreed. I mean, I, I've come across, um, you know, male clients who perhaps have got to the point where, where they can't contribute any more to their pension or they're fully utilising their annual allowance. They've got nothing else to do, but their their wives are perhaps working part time or, or uh, are homemakers um, and they don't realise that they could be contributing to, to their partner's pensions and, and building up pots of, of, of their own Um yeah. I just think it's 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 knowledge around these things that would really help people and would would prevent them being shocked and surprised on approaching retirement um, at what's not in their pension pots. Um, I, I feel education is probably key. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I think you're right. Yeah, you quite often find that one partner might uh, in their pension pot has assumed quite a significant level of savings, and yet that the other partner. Uh, you know, may, may have uh, a much lower amount. And of course, if we think about how we might use our money in retirement, um, you know, even if you were both to survive, that narrows down the, the planning opportunities to mitigate things like income tax. So certainly thinking about yourselves as a couple, uh, and even if, if one person was earning at a higher level, you know, it's, you shouldn't dismiss making contributions to a pension for, for a partner, for sure. So um, you, you mentioned education there. What, what sort of things can, can women or, or partners, you say, who are perhaps the lower paid in a relationship, what, 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 what might they do? Where can they go, Jill? I think there's a whole load of information online these days that people can have um, resource to. I mean, we obviously offer a lot of financial education ourselves, and we're always happy to give um, you know an initial chat or discussion with anybody that's got questions. But online, there's the pension advisory service that you can look to, and Gov UK has got a whole wealth of information. Um, there's various money charities that we offer advice as well. But you know, we'd always say start with an initial discussion. We're happy to point you in the right direction. But there's so much information that you can come across yeah i think that's right and i think also i, I definitely recommend clients look at their own national insurance record so uh, you know obtain a, a, a state pension forecast which can again be done online uh, absolutely yeah, yeah. And also to make sure that national insurance um, is up to date as well. I mean, a lot of people don't realise that um, the the requirement has changed from 30 years to 35 years to get a full state pension these days. Um, You know, for years and years, that wasn't the case. And it, it might perhaps come as a shock to people. Yeah, I think that's true. You know, definitely, uh, again, if we think about those people who may have spent time um, looking after children, they're quite often concerned that their national insurance, you know, they've paid insufficient national insurance. Any particular guidance for, for people in that situation, Jill? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's important to look at things like, I think we were speaking the other day, uh, things like child benefits. So, you know, take some good advice if if one of you is is a higher earner and, and perhaps you're in the situation where you, you feel that you automatically would lose the right to child benefit. Well, it's not necessarily the case, is it? You, you, you know, you can still choose to to have that. And if you've got children under 12, then you, you do, you are keeping up your national insurance contributions by receiving that benefit. So um, those sorts of things are really important to, to consider as well. I think that's a common thing we come across. So if someone... Mm. Um, yeah. Just to clarify, then someone who might be earning, uh, you know, if you've got a couple and you've got one partner who earns more than sixty thousand um, yeah. pound, 
actually uh, what that means is that um, there is a tax charge on earnings between fifty and sixty thousand pounds, which has the effect of nullifying the uh, the child benefit that you may receive. So I come across a lot of clients who would then say, "Well, there's no point in me um, mm. taking the child benefit. I might as well just cancel it," which is an option they've got because yeah. it's administratively easy um, or, or easier. But but what they're doing at the same time is, is, is turning off the fact that um, you know mm. those, those child benefit credits. Uh, are also getting a, a credit towards their state pension. So, uh, and, and you're right, bringing this back to the original conversation, that's quite often uh, a female who's not receiving a yeah. child benefit, therefore not receiving a state pension credit, and is at risk of, um, you know, falling short of those 35 years that you just referenced there. Yeah, yeah. And of course, we're being, you know, very general here. And and, and of course, we, we do realise it's not always the woman that looks after um, the, the children or, or perhaps elderly relatives. But um, in my experience, it very, very often is. And I think that's that's true to say. Yeah, yeah. I've just had uh, a, a, a client that I deal with for a, for a long time now. And her mum, sadly, is... Um, you know, fallen into ill health, so she's done exactly that. She's reduced and, and, and given up her work to, to yeah. um, you know, to accommodate sort of caring for her mother. So, and that is an example where that's the female uh, who, who who's taken that option. Uh, mm. And of course, what she should be doing is thinking about the effect of that on things like her on things like her pension. Yeah. For sure, it really has an impact. But I mean, there's ways that, you know, we, we're happy to um, look at people's pension requirements. I think both of us have, have met people in the past who've assumed that they, they weren't able to retire early. But then when we've looked at their finances, we, we can prove that, that it's absolutely affordable. So it's not always a dire situation. It's just a question of, of knowing what various pension pots you have and and making sure that they work for you yeah so it very much just engaging with it it can be a positive mm. uh, experience what, what about uh, i guess the other thing that could adversely affect um females uh, predominantly but uh, but not always is is divorce so what sort of experiences have you got in this situation when it comes to things like pensions yeah, I mean, anecdotally, um, it is often the case that um, in a divorce, um, people don't want to engage with pensions because it's perceived to be a hassle or, or might hold things up. I mean, I had a, a client last year who was separating from her, her husband of many years, and he had um, three defined benefit pensions. He'd worked for the, the fire service and the police, I believe, in, in the past. And, and his suggestion had been that very, very simply, when they divorced, um, that she would keep the marital home, which was worth something like 700000 and he would keep all, all of the defined benefit pension schemes. So nice and simple. And, and she sort of said to me, well, what do you think about this? And, uh, you know, without knowing the full details of his pensions, I simply said to her that it is really important to receive advice because both of us are, have seen the value of defined benefit schemes over the past 
and you can't underestimate the the value that that would have um, through, throughout um, both of their retirements. So um, happily, they they reconciled. So it never came to that. But um, I don't think you can just assume that that that, that the values would be equal in those cases. I don't know what you think, Roy. Yeah, no, I think it's true. But Mark, just thinking there, but maybe it was the prospect of going through those pensions that made them yeah. better yeah. getting back together. But um Good news for them. But uh, yeah, I I guess it's true. Certainly, again, had had experiences where people going through divorce and, you know, the pension is often seen, the the marital home is clearly something that uh, needs to be understood. There's a practical element to it as well as a financial. Um, Savings are relatively straightforward. And I think sort of almost third or fourth on the list in some cases comes sort of pensions and it's, it, it's surrounded by this word pension. It feels more complicated. Mm-hmm. And yeah, often some people say, well, there's no, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to investigate it properly. And yet, um, you know, in some situations, it can be the most valuable asset of the marriage. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I, again, this comes back to the point about engaging with it, doesn't it? Um, to, to make sure that you're getting, you know, in the case of divorce, a fair outcome for all parties. Um, but but so you've both got uh, an ability to plan moving forward. You know where you stand in terms of your own retirement. Um, you know that that position can't be underestimated and, and, and fully deserves to, to 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 be understood and um, you know go through the process of understanding it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I agree. I mean, with when you think about the marital home and whether or not you you, you know you were to keep that um, in, in exchange, if you like, for the pensions. Well, n- nobody's saying that there's a sentimental attachment to a pension, but you know when you think about how you will actually practically live and and support yourself in retirement, you, you know you you have to have income, um, and and that's the, you know vitally important. I think that's the thing, isn't it? That uh, on, you know, when you're in your mid forties or something, a practice, pension has got no practicality mm. for you at all. But um, and therefore, we don't think about it. But uh, actually, it's going to be the cornerstone of providing you finance uh, at the time of the life when you might have a bit more time. So um, mm, absolutely, it's so important at that point, isn't it? So. So, so, so I guess what we're what we're saying here is that uh, you know, historically, women have. Um, predominantly women have um, been in the unfortunate position uh, of, of perhaps not engaging with finance in quite the same way. Uh, they may have had less savings towards pensions because they've had things like career breaks uh, and they don't necessarily take advantage of everything that's on offer, things like child benefit as we, as we were speaking about there. Yeah. So if we were kind of summarising this, what, what we should be doing is we should be saying, well, look, you know, if you're thinking about your own finances as a woman, uh, you should be engaging with that and trying to educate yourself. And there's uh, a range of sites that you can go to. You can speak to an independent financial advisor. Um, so education would help. Uh, encouraging your partner to have an open conversation around how you deal with finances. And I guess... Mm. If you're, you know, moving to a part-time position, that open conversation, you know, to look after things like children or, or, or elderly parents, what you might want to do is have an open discussion with your partner about what that means for your finances as a couple and whether yeah. there could be some benefit to funding um, things like pension arrangements or savings for, for, for yourself. Uh, and, and 
sort of, uh, you know, they would be the two key points that women should be undertaking. Behind that, you're making sure you have an understanding about the state pension, how many years that you've got national insurance credits for, all of which can be done through a state pension forecast. These would be reasonable actions to try and improve your retirement outcomes. Is that sort of a fair summary? Yeah, completely. Yeah. I, I think I'd just add to that that, um, you, you, you know, most of us, myself included, up until the, the time that I had children, was working full time. Um, if, if I've changed jobs a few times, I may have forgotten about pensions that I've had in the past. So, you know, again, there's help to find um, pensions that, that have um, gone by the wayside, been forgotten about on, on Gov UK, and that's something that you can easily do. So that that's important too. It's a really good point. So there's a thing called the pension tracing service, which is what you refer to. Um, yeah. And again, that can it can be women who are adversely affected here because in marriage, they, they, you know, they often change their name. So, you know, all pensions. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, the pension tracing service, you can put in your name, your old name, date of birth, national insurance number, uh, 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 and that will go back to HMRC and try and locate those pensions. But, and, and I think, again, if, if I think about, people I've dealt with it's been women who've used that service and, and found um you know old pension savings that they've forgotten they have you know it's de- yeah. definitely that way around so yeah so that's you know very much that's another good point and something that uh, that, that listeners could t- could take on board so Jill thanks so much for your time we've done before the three key questions um you know what advice that you would give to someone down the pub etc so I'll, I'll <laughs> go through those again but uh at this point i'll just thank you for your time in, in, in coming on the podcast today and helping talk us through you know some important things that women in finance and relation in relation to their pensions can can do thanks then Roy. no problems thank you jill bye so thanks for listening today uh, it's been really insightful from jill we've referenced there some of the uh, some of the sites that you can visit should you need further help of course, if you did want to speak to us at MHA Carpenter Box Financial Advisors, we can be contacted at www.carpenterboxfa.com or 01903 534 587. Thanks for listening.